Uh-oh. Oh, wait, no. Never mind. We're good. Hello, Clarice. It rubs uh. the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. Russ, hose. I didn't appreciate you making fun of my ice cubes. They they weren't good-looking ice cubes, man. I, I, I know. I'm aware. You admitted that your ice cubes didn't look good, so... Where it, you were know, these? In Slack. You gotta come over into Slack, Adam. I don't like it. I like Slack. I just... There's so much Slack going on. I'm in like a million Slack channels at work and then it's like I look over and I see Russ like commenting and I'm like I can't handle all this I'm a lot to handle I, I, I was drinking a bourbon and I do have good ice cubes this is why I paint it bothered me Russ because yeah, I yeah. do have good square well large good no that was a good moment because I thought we kind of bonded about you know the necessity of having uh you know, of having our, our ice done the right way. No, that's fair. That's fair. I just, I was shamed. It may be more on me because I was more shamed uh, of the uh, ice cube situation because mm. I had to go to the fridge and there's cubed and crushed. To me, there's no difference on that refrigerator. You press cube, you get these like little balls Wait, and you press Russ's crushed. Wait, response and was you have to boil the impurities out of the water and freeze it into large cubes? Yeah, Russ, you're, he's you're not over wrong. Here boiling water no, listen, to create ice Adam, cubes? He's not wrong. Adam, I'm going to... How much time do you guys no, have? No, listen, I've only done it once. I did it the night before my wedding because my buddy bought me this, uh, this really solid bourbon and... You know, if, if you if you're drinking it the right way, you want to make sure that you have a nice, large, clear ice cube. Ugh. That's gonna because like you Go don't want it to water. It. T- yeah, but you don't want to water it down. Go buy an ice cube. Oh, dude, I have this deli that's like on my block that has the most perfect pellet ice ever. Most really? of us aren't in New York City. Yeah, just but just stroll co- down to the local icery. Listen, Chris okay. Carlin, do, you stay in you New have, York and enjoy your do freaking you have a, ice cubes. Do you have a Wawa near you? Not that yes. clear. Well, yeah. Okay, yes. They do not have the kind of ice with which we are speaking. Okay. Yeah, I know what you no, I know what you mean. Like it's good to have nice ice cubes. Yeah, if you're your ice is really white. If, that's for if sure. you're having Well it's bad ice. If you're having a good glass of bourbon, you good want dirty ice. You don't want it to water it down. That's not the point. Our water's also really hard. Um Ew. Yeah. Ew. So Ew. <laughs> I got hard water and white ice. When I come over <laughs> I know, you, like our, we need to get a water softener. Like our faucets, there's like white grime, it's it's, not good. and we've lived here a year. Yeah, it's bad. It's corrosive. It's terrible. So you the know, ice like cubes I'll, are, are like that I'll water. make ice trays and I'll like use my Brita water, and then like it'll be clear. Yeah, you know what? The only more yeah. disappointing. Well, I was ashamed. That's all. You know what the only more disappointing ice is? Probably the ice that the Flyers skate on after they got shut out again. It's also white. It sure is. The ice. It's uh, it's painted. It's got impurities. All right, Russ, go into your little breakdown now that you did your little transition. That was a good transition. I didn't say it was a bad transition. I just said, all right, finish it up. It's getting worse. So, <laughs> uh, last night, uh, I want to address one of our iTunes reviews that we got. We got three new ones. Um, last night was a mess. Flyers game, if you watched it, which I don't blame you if you didn't. Flyers lose 3 nothing to the Wild. Uh, if it sounds like it's a repeat, it's because they lost last week, or they lost a few nights ago against the Wild 1 nothing at home. They went on the road, they lost 3 nothing. Um, what does this have to do with the iTunes review? I'm just waiting. Well, the one iTunes review, since, you know, it's important. We got a four star review that said fantastic Eagles coverage, good Sixers coverage, although these guys seem like they could care less about the Phillies and the Flyers, which is just disappointing. Let me ask this guy Wrong something. Wrong on the Phillies. The we Phillies spent thing, a lot of time talking the Phillies about Phillies. Phillies thing is such crap. Like, I, I don't know if this guy was like going back and listening <laughs> to our early episodes. Like, I'm sorry, did you want us to do like full Phillies game recaps in the summer, interspersed with Philadelphia Union highlights? Like, I don't know what you expected in the summer. But the Phillies weren't good. And we've covered Gabe Kapler. We talked about the managerial search. There's not a lot to cover right now. Do you want us to talk about free agents that they may or may not pursue? Like, I, I don't know what this guy wants. The Flyers. Two full shows talking about his balls. Yeah, and, like, the, listen, the Flyers coverage. Yeah, have we missed a couple games? Absolutely. But, like, here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this and people are going to hate me for it, which is fine. The Flyers right now are becoming the Philadelphia Union to the Sixers Phillies. It's it's like they're a sport, 
they have a passionate fan base, but they're not going to catch any mainstream fans playing the way they're playing. They're just not. Wow. And, and like hockey, right. hockey is a niche sport. We know this. I think hockey fans will admit that it's a niche sport. It's still one of the big four, but like may you, also be a niche sport in some areas. Yeah, depends on how you say it, I suppose. Uh, or a Nietzsche. Ooh, muy bien. Anyway, like, look, I, I, just I have, I have a, I have an issue with the way that they're playing, and now I have a bigger issue. Uh, Anthony Sanfilippo was uh, tweeting last night that it had been mentioned on the telecast that they're thinking about blowing up the first line of Giroux, Couturier, and Voracek to address some of the issues they have on second, third, and fourth lines. Of and, of perhaps not having an entire second scoring line. Yep. I mean, like, yep. the, the scoring has evaporated. The Nolan Patrick injury has plummeted the team into sheer chaos. He's supposed to come back hopefully this week, which could maybe bring a little bit of stability. But, like, they've been burying young players like Konechny on lines that they shouldn't be on. You've got guys like Yori Laterra. He was part of the uh, the trade for Shen, I believe. And, like, the, the, the disparity between points and plus-minus at this point is is absurd. Braden Shen's having a solid season. I think he's at 24 points on the year. Laterra, I think, has, like, four. Um, they, they're not getting... They're not getting any better. They've plateaued at best. And now I, th- I think in a lot of cases they've regressed. And we've got the pending return of Andrew McDonald coming soon, which honestly, this is how bad it is right now. I'm fine with Andrew McDonald coming back if he's going to take Brandon Manning's spot. But if they start sitting Travis Sandheim, I'm going to have an issue. He's looked, he's looked pretty solid this year. And he's getting, you know, NHL minutes. It's very clear at this point that if they're not going to be able to put this thing together without breaking up what has been a very impressive and productive first line, that this is not a playoff team. comes back to what we talked about in the, the offseason, that, like, I don't think they're a playoff team. I think we got a little bit excited early on. Kyle said that, you know, anybody can make the playoffs in the NHL. If they're going to play like this, they're not making the playoffs. And if they have to blow up that first line and Couturier now has to get moved to the second line or Giroux has to get moved back to center... I don't. I don't see this being a positive. Russ, what about the fact I got a tweet at me that said Ivan Provorov is better at hockey than any Sixers at basketball? Jump on that bandwagon. That was from Nick Fur. There is a that is the there, most Flyers fan tweet of all time. Well, there is a case that can be made in in a sense, and and this is how how you do it. Provorov in his second year is good job, Nick. Yeah, I mean, like Provorov is a legitimate top defenseman on a team i think there are plenty of teams that would instantly insert him as their top defender uh top defenseman i I don't necessarily think that while simmons has been ridiculously impressive even like even if you take out just being compared on the rookie scale uh and joel because of health and minutes restriction like i don't know if you would say that joel is necessarily as high up uh league-wide as Provorov is as a defenseman. like I think if you kind of take in those kind of characteristics and qualities and, and such, especially the health aspect of it, I think there is a case that can be made. It's, it's really? certainly So I should get a Provorov jersey? If I were going to get one, yeah, I would think Provorov is a... He's a guy that's going to be here for 10, 12, 15 years. Like, he's, he is that good. I've been Ooh. working on a T-shirt concept that says Russian interference, and it's got Provorov checking someone. Ooh. Just haven't figured out how to quite execute that yet. Well, you put the hammer in the sickle, and never mind. That's not a bad idea. You have the guy, the guy who's doing the checking, the end of his arm instead of a hockey glove. Is a I would love to walk around Bucks County, Pennsylvania, in a, in a Russian sickle. <laughs> Russian interference. Yeah, no, kind of like uh, it. I don't. That, that's a bold statement. That's the most Flyers fan tweet of all time. Perhaps my my special guy is definitely better than your special guy, who everybody agrees is maybe the specialist of all guys. Um, ben Simmons could be one of the great ones. So, but he's not right now. Know, like, how cool is it that he might be, listens to our podcast? Hold on, hold on. I know you want you want to go Sixers. Hold on. I have one more Flyers point to make to make Russ. Russ, you Isn't mentioned this what I do. Like, I hold this in a conversation for a while. Go ahead. What's that? Never never mind. Go ahead. Um, Me or Adam? You. Oh, what did I do? You're holding us in this Flyers conversation. Go ahead. What's your Flyers point? I wanted to respond to your your comment about Flyers fans. Go ahead. I I just, I feel like you said, you brought up my playoff comment. The thing that bothers me is this core has been in the playoffs. Um, Not far. 
But the first year they were here, it was like, wow, we might actually have something with this young core that everyone was so happy they traded uh, Carter and Richards to obtain. Um, I'm not going to die on this sword anymore because people won't let me do it, and it's it's six years ago now, whatever. But worth pointing out, the Flyers have won, what, two playoff series in those six years and haven't advanced past the second round and haven't been in the playoffs in, in uh, two seasons or won't. They missed this year, you know, two out of the last three, whatever it is. Um, Jeff Carter is still better than than anybody that they obtained in those trades uh, and whatever. Those guys don't form a workable core. Like, as, as likable as they all are, it's like it as long as we're still relying on Simmons, Voracek, Giroux, and Couturier as, like, some sense of the core and the top scorers, this team's not going to be good. Like, they are a... They are a second line. Like, our first line maybe is a, is a little bit better than a good team's second line. But generally whoa, speaking, whoa. like... Our first, line, our first line is performing at a, at a very impressive clip. Through 10 games. And the Flyers have also been shut out five times in, those 20, in 20 games. Sorry. Yeah. Like, you're talking about a very small stretch. You're talking about expecting Couturier to replicate his, his output, uh, which he's never done over his career. Uh, like replicating the first 15 games of the season on a new line. Um, you know, like, look, th- those guys aren't bad. I'm not trying to knock them. But I, I don't think they are one of the, uh, to me, like, fine. If you want to call them a first line, then the Flyers have nothing resembling a second line. The point is, like, really good teams should should not, should have a better overall player and they should have a, a scoring, like a second scoring line that can do real damage. And the Flyers it continues to elude them. The fact that they haven't put like any sort of consistency and goal in four years. I know everyone talks about how great Hextall is, and everyone was happy that he was starting to unload contracts and do all the right things to build the team. And there's definitely like a prospect, a, I'm sorry, a process nature to everything the Flyers have done. But at the same time, you're and through kind of no fault of their own you have this core of assets that is just sort of like wasting away their good years where they're they're good solid contributors on but not on a good team like it's just such a weird mishmash i know we got a lot of young talent and two years from now it might be like hey here's 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 ghost and provorov and all these guys and, and nolan patrick but at the same time you don't have to like bottom out in the NHL to be good. So I, I'm just not, it's just like the flyers are about as interesting as the Phillies were in 2013 and 2014 right now. Like they're a little bit better, but they're just completely mediocre. That's why so to your point about fan interest and stuff like that, you know, you have a Sixers team that is like truly nipping at the heels of potentially being great. And you have an Eagles team that is now a Super Bowl contender. Of course, we're not talking about the Flyers. Like, there's just no mainstream interest in them right now, and largely it's through fault of their own. A lot of it's Paul Holmgren's fault from before, but Ron Hextall, for as much as everyone's so excited about him moving on from certain contracts, there hasn't been a there hasn't been a good product on the ice in three years, and it's not like their stated goal is tanking here. It's just malaise. This is why I- and that's. That's the worst thing in sports to have. This is why I always come back to the fact that if you're a fan of of five teams in Philly, they all end up having overlapping story arcs, and and that's why I said the Flyers are very much like the Union. They don't like they have young players that are good. They don't play them. They they find these fascinations with guys like Dale Weiss and with Andrew McDonald. You know when he is healthy, Brandon Manning, and they they overrate some of these veteran guys. They play them big minutes, and it's just not good. Like it. It's almost it's counterproductive to the to the long game. It's totally in opposition to what anybody who's realistic about what expectations should have been this year uh, would would have to say. So I, I I'm serious about this. Like I, I really do think that with the Sixers gaining as much interest as they are and it playing as exciting as they are and the Eagles being as exciting as they are, the Flyers are the union right now, and it sucks. Like Flyers defense is really good. They are when they're healthy. I mean like. The, that is like maybe the the one positive is within like the next two years you're gonna probably be rolling out uh, guys that have I don't know four years or five years or less of experience you'll have Ghost Provorov Sanheim you might have Phil Myers uh, you can have Sam Moran like they they do have if nothing else they've done a good job of building a solid defensive core in the minors but you know they've got big contracts and again this is where like 
I hate to bring it up, but like Wayne Simmons is playing hurt just like Giroud did last year. He hasn't scored a goal, I don't think, since like October 17th or something like that. And Simmons is going to be coming up for a big contract. It's either this year or next year. And honestly, like I love Wayne, but I don't know how you can, you know, hamstring this this team with another big contract when you've got guys that are probably going to be on the decline, like Giroud and, and even if Voracek doesn't, you know, continue to bounce back. Anyway, there's some I agree with you, by the way. I feel like they should never uh, – signing Simmons to me makes no sense. I love Simmons too. Like it, that, that's, what, yeah, that's what hurts but, is like that's a, a guy I really like, but I think he's just going to cost you way too much. But he has a skill has, set that is like – As someone that's been on like the periphery of like rooting for the Flyers for the last few years, of like caring about them and like wanting them to do well but not really watching them, like the relationship with Simmons has always fascinated with me. Because I always hear the same thing. He's really good, just I don't know. Like, that's what everyone always says about Simmons. I think last year he was playing, like he played, should I say, out over his skis? Will I get shit on for using that phrase yes, again? do it again. Yeah. Uh, out of, how about above his fighting weight? That's another one I, I enjoy. Yeah, that one, or you should learn the names of brands of skis and then, like, really go in the weeds with it. Like out in front of his K twos or K two yes. skis. Yeah. I know very little about skiing. I've never even been skiing, and somehow someone that's told weird. me that's even more like Kyle's weirdly, a pizza uh, pie as a guy. As a mainline guy, as a Novograd, like slice. I would think that skiing would be something that you needed to be able to prove in order to get accepted. I I grew up in a Delco household. Dirty you Delco. You grew up in Delco. You don't leave Delco. Yeah, huh? you don't. Yeah, I know how to make pretzels and water ice, but I, I don't. I don't go to mountain top, motherfucking mountain top. Just like I know how to mine coal. Blue Mountain. Speaking True. of which, yeah, I don't. I don't like cold. I don't like cold. Um, go ahead. Speaking of which, we had a uh, an iTunes review that alluded to coal mining. A five star review. It's uh, "I'm Waiting" by Phillies WSC eight thousand eight. I get out of my political science lecture every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and look forward to listening to the latest episode. I love the podcast, especially because of its two contributors, Kyle and Adam, have their finger on the pulse of Philadelphia sports. <laughs> As for Russ, well, we have a beef to settle. Over the summer, I wrote a five-page essay on how Russ's fantasy shorehouse made up of Philadelphia legends <gasps> would fall apart. A stupid topic, yes, but even more idiotic shorehouse. I'm still waiting for your rebuttal, and once I get it, I will fully praise your bold takes. I don't care if you're busy teaching young coal miners about low-wall mining. <laughs> A promise is a promise. Again, I love the podcast and Char- and, and Charlie's Burgers. Did you read the uh, the report, Russ? Yeah, remember I, I I think I read part of it on the podcast. That was did you give your review? that was over the summer. I did. I gave a review and I said I was going to write a rebuttal, and then life happened. Oh. I I will work on it, Bill. Slacking, Russ. Yeah, uh, real That's quick. Amazing. Take a moment and thank uh, thank the good folks at Cozy Jewelers. Cozy, Cozy. Cozy. Do you want jewelry for your hands? Yeah. What about you, Adam? Have you been looking for any jewelry for your hands? Uh, for mine? Just uh, hands in general? Uh, I have not been looking, but you know where I'm going to go when I do look. I'm going to go to Cozy, Cozy Jewelers. In- Cozy. <laughs> Cozy Jewelers in Newtown Square, located in the Edgemont Shopping Center. Super accessible uh, on the on the nicer part of Delaware County, I would say, once you hit Newtown Square. Um, they're family-owned and operated, been in business a long time. Um, if you go there between now, it's already November 15th. Every day, my advent calendar of reading this ads, we're getting closer to the holiday season. Black Friday is next Friday, which wow, is insane. Wow. Cozy will be offering 20% off everything in their store that day. If you listen to this podcast and go in anytime between now and Black Friday, you will get that sale by mentioning Crossing Broad or Crossing Broadcast. Tell them we sent you, please. That helps us. Um, They are a certified Movado watch dealer. They have obviously a great selection of jewelry, gold rings. I I don't know much about individual jewelry trinkets, but I I assure you they have necklaces and bracelets and all that good stuff. They're a certified Movado watch dealer. Uh, we have done our own checking and Google reviews, 4.9 review, Yelp, 5. We've heard from readers how well they were treated when they went in there. Sometimes you can go in a jewelry place and come out with a little bit of an icky feeling. Mm-hmm. That is by not the case at Cozy Jewelers. Those guys will make sure they take care of you and you'll get a great deal. If you are thinking of popping the question because tis the season, then you will get $500 off a custom engagement ring which I can assure you, you will want to get a custom ring. Adam, one, she's going to uh, love it. Y- your lady will appreciate that, that I you are agree. not picking 
up a ring right off the rack. Um, if you go there, they will walk you through the process, the four C's and everything that entails to tell you how they source their diamonds and make sure they take care of you. And you will get $500 off that ring when you mention Crossing Broad. So I've had one, there's at least one couple who met somehow through the website. Either, I can't remember if it was like through Twitter, through our comment section, or um, at an event room. we did, like a what tailgate a way back. What a place to meet someone. Good God. Ian... Oh, God, I forget his wife's name. I know them. Ian's one of our best readers of all time. Anyway, they got married a few years ago, met through through some crossing broad thing, um, got married. She wound up moving at my old house, literally the street next to me. Uh, I would see her walking the dog. She was uh, moved with her sister before she got married. So, like, this is a very family family affair crossing broad. So I am already have a hand in one marriage. So if you go to Cozy, we would like to have a hand in many marriages. Uh. So please go there and check out their stuff. Located in Newtown Square. Uh, family owned and operated. I, I, think I, I think I checked all of our boxes there. Edgemont Shopping Center. Don't go to Jewelers Row downtown. No one wants to drive downtown in the middle of Christmas season unless you work, like, a block of way. Yep. Anybody else in the area, just wh- wherever you're coming from, 95 Turnpike, 476, hit Westchester Pike, go to the Edgemont Shopping Center, super accessible. You'll be you'll be in and out, or yeah, and you probably won't even want to get out that quickly because they'll treat you so well. So thanks to Cozy Jewelers for sponsoring the show. You can check them out, Cozy Jewelers, C-O-Z-Z-I, Jewelers.com uh, for more information. Uh, so thanks again for sponsoring. Man, you take yeah. advantage of that 20% off. You can uh, go down there, buy something nice for the loved one, and then kick your feet up for the rest of the month because you can be cozy knowing that you've done all your Christmas shopping. Cozy. Are- is, any, is anybody else, I, I don't know which one of you this question's more uh, poignant for, Probably is anyone not. else sort of bored by like by radio wars in general? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's this not just me. This one was really interesting, though, for me personally. So do you have a stake in Chris Carlin or WFAN, or was that a job that you were going for? No, I wouldn't. 610. 622. Um, well, no. So Sims. Were you applying for jobs in New York? And what city would you apply for a job for? 610, 632. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494. 610. Lots of numbers. 215-968. <laughs> um, that was my home you phone number. Whoa! Okay, Mr. Smart. and Mrs. Lefko, how are you? Um... Uh, no, so Sims was uh, one of the guys with the Carlin and Bart Scott show. If you read the article, and then he pulled out, and they gave it to Maggie Gray. Uh, and that was the one that Carlin left Philadelphia for. It's just It was interesting to me when it first happened, because I was like, man, Philly just, New York just comes in and goes, no, we need him. And like pulls him away from like a major afternoon show uh, for theirs, and it's like, damn, like that, like he wasn't even here. Was he even there for a year? year? I just I checked our introductory post. It was the end of last October, so literally a year. Wow. He he was okay. um, Like, yeah, for me, I've heard from a ton of people. You wrote that you couldn't get over it. What's that? You wrote that you couldn't get over it. That he always would be New York to you. Like yeah, Tom it McCarthy. wasn't for me. I just didn't like him on the radio. Period. Like point blank. Period. His style of sports talk radio to me sounded like the most classic New York kind of loud, blustery radio that there is. That it was not my my cup of tea. I will say that I've heard from a, a good number of people and saw a good number of tweets yesterday. People really seem to like him. He seems like a a genuinely nice guy. I, he doesn't really come across that way to me on the radio, but I've heard from people privately and seen tweets like people really seem to like the guy. So good for him. Uh, I mean, this is you're going from drive time in one big city to drive time in the biggest city. So well, that and like he was the producer for the Francesa and Mad Dog show for like all of those years. So I'm sure mm-hmm. it like means something really special that like he's the one taking over for sure. Francesa's show. Like that's. Like, that's a really cool career arc achievement for him. So good for, for sure. him. That's big shoes to fill, too. I was going to say, man, I don't know if I want to be the guy right after Francesa. Yeah. Uh, just because you're going to get all of that, like, repercussions. But you also can't turn it down. The um, those, Even though Sims did. Um, 
Now, would he have turned it down if he knew that it was going to become the drive time show? Oh, no, he knew everything. He's just, you know, he was doing Sunday Night Football, and he's got Bleacher Report, so he's feeling good. So wait, oh, so he had the opportunity oh. to be a part of the show now, not in a previous iteration of the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was okay. reported in the New York Daily News. Oh, okay. Wow. I, oh, wow, interesting. Yeah. Is he, is he sure about that? What's up? Is he sure about that decision? He's ass-crack sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's, um, that was an old... Uh, man show uh, bit they used to do It'd be like guess that ass crack and they would like show people you know it was a good bit I liked it nice anyway um, yeah I but then like who, John Marks has taken over now that's interesting yeah. I, it is well first of all to, to your point Adam it's interesting that CBS which is soon going to become Intercom like on Friday just was like yep nope we need him for New York this show is more important than that show and WIP you figured it out I heard from someone yesterday. I don't know how, like, I really don't even know how involved this person is, but they were like, yeah, I think everyone kind of knew the score, knew that the fan was potentially, you know, trying to maybe groom Carlin for taking over for Francesa when he was done, and they sent him to Philly to kind of get some seasoning in, in that I time slot. I don't think that's what happened. What's I that? I don't think that's what happened. I don't know if that was, this was their long-term plan. I would tend to agree with you. I think WIP WIP is not a stepping stone market, yeah. and I don't think now unless they you know they weren't really aware of this, but I don't think Carlin moves here. I don't think WIP puts their stake in in him in you know their one of their prime time slots, and then sees him leave in the middle of an eight and one Eagle season. Obviously, no one knows the Eagles are going to be eight that and one, wild. but the local sports talk radio stations don't want to mess with their lineups during the middle of, of a football season, regardless of what's going on. So now Reese is going to be on his third host in uh, three years. I don't. I don't. Um, do you understand Ike Reese? No, Adam. I, I, get, I don't consume enough. I, I get Ike Reese for football. I, like, look. There are certain guys in the city that that kind of have their their shtick, right? And they have their they have like their their one sport that everybody tells them to stick to. Like Martinez is is hockey, even though he's more than that. Ike is Ike is football. Ike has never like I, I've never listened to a show that Ike Reese has been on and said, "Wow, I really gained new perspective from listening to him talk about a different sport." I liked Ike when he was on Comcast, like way back when. I like him as like a as a football analyst. I don't like him as a as a host. I don't get he, it. And and like here's the thing. Here's the thing with Ice. He's even with football. Like he obviously he knows football. He knows the players. But he has never crossed that line. I get that these guys aren't beat investigative reporters, and we're not expecting radio hosts to break news and stuff. When Ike tweets a year or so ago. Oh, I, someone's like, oh, you knew this might happen. You're close to these guys. He's like, I didn't know anything. And even if I did, I certainly wouldn't tell you, meaning like the audience. Like I wouldn't tell the audience if I had inside info. His ability to like, you have to understand that you are now crossing the line from, from athlete into media. And he has never understood that. He shit on me so hard a few years ago. And part of this is personal, but he shit on me so hard that Sean Jackson's house got robbed. There was media on the street, news vans on his street in South Philly. In that, I forget the name of the little community there. Everyone trying to talk, his mother was home at the time. Everyone trying to talk to his mother, like talk to somebody involved, talking to his neighbors. I figure, well, I'm not there. I'm not taking my, my, my vehicle down there. So I just tweet his mother, who's active on Twitter, hey, what happened? And he's like, how dare you? This is a personal situation. Meanwhile, his own employer has news trucks with satellite dishes parked outside the house and like he was so offended that you would try and do something like this like he's always been buddy buddy with the players and whatever but he to tweet that you wouldn't impart that to your audience is like hey you're not actually doing your job and he gets paid good money to do this and that's the part that i don't get like forget about him not knowing other sports well which he doesn't forget about him not being intelligent and not even be able to like craft a good logical argument about anything football or otherwise he's okay for talking about what happened in a game but to be so buddy buddy and have sort of such distaste for your 
for disdain for your audience. Like I, to me, forget about how his delivery sucks. Like there's to me, I can't find a redeeming quality for him. Certainly, maybe he has an analyst job, maybe he has a post game job, maybe he has a guest spot job like a Brian Westbrook. But for him to be a featured host on WIP now for four years, I just don't get it. There's so many more talented, smarter, you know, more better radio hosts. More well-rounded. Yeah, more like Joe, well-rounded. Joe like, you name good. It. Like, I'm, uh, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised that, like, to some extent, I kind of thought that, that maybe he and Marks could have done a good show together. By the way, don't be— Ike's don't, also under contract, like, so I get why they wouldn't. Don't be too upset that Ike, um, you know— was upset about you embracing technology in the 21st century. This is also a guy who thinks that the dinosaurs were a hoax. Well, and that's that's the thing. Like, he's not—he doesn't come across—I don't know him personally, so I shouldn't say it as a matter of fact. He does not come across as an intelligent human being. When he makes—you listen to him make arguments, especially with other sports, where he just throws stuff out there, and then he'll tweet, oh, I'm just trying to get people riled up, it's my job, and he'll say something completely asinine. Like, like, who, what, who enjoys that kind of radio where someone's just, just fucking with you? Like, we all know that if there's two hosts, they take different viewpoints. That's one thing. But I will just say ridiculous things and and then admit, like, yeah, I'm just trying to get people fired up. It's all in good fun. Well, it's not in good fun. Well, that's You're, what Innes did, but Innes was actually good at it. But Innes was entertaining. That's like, what I'm he, saying, yeah. He was an entertainer. Ike is just... I just don't think Ike is good. The fact that they embrace him and there's all... I guess there's always going to be this subset of people especially who listen to WIP. Oh, I want to appear my fa- my former favorite Eagles. But the problem is we're now in an era where the good guys have made so much money, you're lucky to get a Brian Westbrook to come back and stuff. So you have to take these guys like Barrett Brooks, like Ike Reese, like John Ritchie, who don't have massive career earnings, and and put them on shows. And, you know, most of them aren't good. Like, some guys are good, but, you know, Ike is not one of them. And to be featured the way he is... For, for Barrett Brooks to take over such a large part, you know, for, you know, like Ricky, like even Ricky Batalico like is good, but he's in a post-game role. Like that's the sort of role that Ike Reese should be in. And I feel like Batalico is not hosting the midday show. Former players could definitely be host. Obviously, um, Boomer has had a ton of success doing this. Mike Golick. Like you don't need to be a great player to be a good host. There's, I know I'm, I'm leaving out a couple of guys. I like, um, Who's on with uh, Skip now? Is it Shannon Sharp? Shannon Sharp's good, but only like I think he's they get really like, what, good. Thousand viewers or something. No, I know, but he to me he's really good. Like he will actually pull apart um, Skip's arguments. He'll use logic. He'll use fact. Like he he is good, but just because you're a former athlete doesn't make you good. I don't know. It's, you know who uh, is? A I'm good... bored by the whole thing though. Like, yeah. I, to me, the the days of. It was fun before because you had the, these incumbent guys fighting with the new guys. Then Ennis was a bomb on top, and you had crazy managers and and Gargano, you know, being you know backstabbing co-hosts, co-hosts walking off shows, guys switching stations. Now it's just like the same cast of characters, and when they leave one station, they go to the other and inevitably get a role. And this will be the ninth show WIP has run up against Mike Missinelli in the last few years. Like, <laughs> you know. It's just it's going to be interesting to hear Marks going against Mizzinelli. I don't think he's going to allude to it at all. I I really did think that the whole reason that Marks went to WIP was I, I thought that their long game was going to be that once Angelo was done, Marks was going to take over the morning show. Like I thought that made a lot of sense as so, the main host. Yeah, that's what I I no. yeah, that's what I thought they were going to do. I mean, I thought that you know his run on the Fanatics morning show was was solid enough. Uh, I like I don't know who they're going to put there now. Uh, like I, I guess that'll be intriguing if and when Angelo does retire, unless you're now going to like pull him off the the afternoon show. I don't know. I I don't I don't totally understand it, but well, I feel like what this was too. Keep in mind, it's the middle of the season. Ike, I'm sure, has a contract. Like this could be a temporary thing. Like John Marks makes the most sense. He's done he's done drive time shows. He he was there in the evenings. He's very experienced. Like John's John's good. I like him on the radio. I don't. The thing is, I don't think he's a lead. Like to me, he was always really good with Mike. To me, he could have been good with a guy like as a number two on a morning show with someone like Argano. I don't think his personality's big enough, or like his 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 opinions are strong enough as a number one. And that's not a shot. Like I think he's good. I've I always enjoyed listening to him. Um, the thing is, when you put him with Ike, like Ike certainly making more money there, I would think. Um, but John's the more traditional radio host, so he's going to be kind of the point man, I guess. 
but he's not really the lead and Ike's the bigger personality, but like now you're are you are you building the show around Ike? Or are you building it around John? And to me, like neither guy like both guys could could be in some situations good as the number two guy with people. And I don't like I don't get that afternoon show, but I I get why this is the most logical move for at least a few months. To me, it would have made some sense that if you could have convinced Ray Dittinger to work every day during the week and yep. he doesn't like to drive and he has to get I think he would have to get picked up Set and up he a remote phone. from his house. Right. Like, like if you Glenn, convinced- Glenn and Ray would have been on I mean, I love that weekend show. I know a lot of people who love that show. If if they had been able to take over even in a in a short term role for the rest of the football season That's what until I mean, you yeah. reload, like that that really is a good insightful show. Yeah, uh, it's not your long term solution, but you have two guys who everyone l- agrees are a good foot, and they're obviously a little bit one dimensional. And you agree, but you agree that like okay, everyone likes these guys. We got we have two months of potentially hardcore football talk. Let's just let's just put them there and find something else for Ike to do for a little while and then revisit it in February after the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Let him go do some uh, archaeology work. Uh, time for Worldwide Genocide. Here it is. Uh, last iTunes review that we got uh, was a five-star review. Break down this week's NFC ac- uh, NFC action. Who worries you the most for the birds? Want to hear the mushes take? I think we did that on Monday. I think, there, I think that was that was done very well. Um, I, I think eventually maybe now would be a good time to, uh, you know, recap the game that happened the other night, um, Sixers Clippers. And you and I do have that bet going on. Uh, Looking good. Favorites tonight. Favorites tonight. See, now I am thinking that they're going to beat the Lakers, but my whole point in this entire thing was I I think that the Sixers were more likely to lose to the Lakers than they were to beat the, uh, the Warriors at home. They should go out and win tonight. I'm disappointed. I want to say this really quick. I'm disappointed in Joel that he – wow, New York is fighting back. Um, I'm disappointed that Joel has now really held up and, and pulled back on going after Lonzo. I mean, he's he's essentially now said that Lonzo's a great point guard. They love Lonzo. It's all been in good fun, and that's fine. But I, I really did like the idea of going into this game as a big rivalry and like having everybody continue to pull up the, uh, the Embiid tweet from draft night at Ben Simmons that said dunk on him so hard that his daddy has to come out on the court for him. I liked that that little bit of a faux rivalry, but uh, it is what it is. We'll see how tonight goes. They they should win. Would you say they're one and a half point favorites? I think well, they right? were as of yesterday. Yeah. So it should be should be interesting. Uh, to be I'm, fair, Joel Embiid says that about ever. Oh, I just it's all in good fun. So you know, I I don't know if he's thinking of that about Reed uh, from. The Clippers. That was that was something. He, I think he literally said that. Like, oh, it didn't bother me. It was all in good fun. What's his name? I like, just, he, he's yeah. the trash talk king. Dude, I love the fact that in that game, uh, he had the one play where he he had hit a, a mid-range jumper, then goes back down the floor a little bit later in the game, pump fake. DeAndre Jordan, you know, jumps and kind of like cringes in the air, knowing it's going to be bad. Blake Griffin slides over as if he's going to go block and beat, and then he just goes, "No, I'm not becoming, you know, Joel's next poster." Gets out of the way, doesn't defend, and Bede, you know, breaks the rim. It was good. All right, bye. See you, Russ. Did you watch Sixers game the other night? I did. And it made me realize that I probably shouldn't go on podcasts and talk about how players don't look great after they play the Warriors. Uh, that was my realization. It was like, here's Embiid, and he holds DeAndre Jordan like two points, and DeAndre Jordan gets fouled out and like feels like six plays because he can't handle Embiid. And Embiid is like pump faking and going to the basket and do and getting to where I want him to go. And and I went, man, that's how good the Warriors are. Is that they make people look so bad, and then we just, I just overreacted. Um, but Embiid is, it was fantastic the other night. Simmons is uh, just so special. Robert Covington continues to just amaze. I think TJ... Payday today. Payday. What do you mean? I think today or tomorrow uh, they could sign him. Uh He's going to get paid this week, I believe. Wow. How much are we, what's what's the estimation? I, I have no idea because I think any articles from before the season as to how much he would get have, are, are probably now wrong, given his torrid start. 
Yeah. Like to me, he's rendering. If I'm JJ Redick, every time I see him make a shot, I'm like, well, shit. They don't. They're not going to need me around next year. Yeah, if I'm JJ Redick, I'm going. They just paid me twenty three million. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, I think Redick thought good. maybe he would stick around for another year. You know, there might be a future here. Maybe there is, but. Like when you see Covington, it's like, well, maybe, maybe we have our three-point shooter. Yeah, can't really have enough. I would love as many as possible, but I know what you're saying, and I, I would say that I think T.J. McConnell is better than Austin Rivers. Like I was watching that game the other night, and I was like, T.J. McConnell's more impactful right here. I'll say a few things. Like one, uh, there's a part of watching a 10, 10 o'clock, ten thirty NBA game that I find very romantic. Yeah. Like I'm I'm sitting there at like 11, at 20, and I'm like, this is great. And then there's a part where I'm like, this is ruining my fucking week. Like Tuesday morning was abysmal trying to get up or whatever. Was it, was it tough getting it up at 9.45 that day? What do you mean? Aren't you a late waker? No, I try not to be. Uh, so you don't have to be in work till like 11. No, it depends on the day. Tuesday is also gym day. Tuesday, uh, yeah. So I want to get there early. Um, well, yeah, man, you gotta get the you got the chest, the the pec deck. You gotta get it rolling. Uh, that's <laughs> I'm excited to, to to see Russ in person. Um, you know, Ru- Russ has a good pec situation. <laughs> Russ, is, Russ is not um, like me. I'm narrow. I'm skinny. I'm never. I'm yeah, never you got that be. bird body. Ru- yeah, Russ is Russ is a little bulky up top. I don't know if I don't know if that's ripped. I don't know if that's just I don't know if that's cheese. The best part and about the best part about talking about Russ is that I know that he listens later, and then I imagine he can't do anything about yeah, this. Yeah, right I now. imagine him just like sitting in his car listening and just like fidgeting and just being like, I want to say something. Um, yeah, but I mean the Lakers. Uh, no, I think this should be a win. Like I, I to watch the Sixers be no, like visibly better than the Clippers. And the Clippers always beat the Sixers the last few years. Like, I know they didn't have uh, Chris Paul or they didn't have uh, Patrick Beverly, so they, in essence, had no point guard. Uh, But it was just nice to see that we're, like, definitely better than them. Like, it's... uh, I just... I get confused. Like, I'm still... I'm still in shock whenever they're playing well. And I was actually talking with... um, the Malamutes yesterday, creators of Game of Zones and Sixers fans, and me and Adam were just joking around about how I watch Sixers games and I just start to tweet things like, wow, the Sixers are so good, or wow, Ben Simmons, or wow, Embiid. And then I go, one, I feel like I've already tweeted this before. And then two, like, why do I feel so compelled to just... Like, be shocked at how good they are. And then it's like, it's this funny thing where it's like, when is that going to wear off? When am I going to be watching Sixers games and not just be like, wow, guys, like, like I'm like, I really do. I know I tweeted it out. Like, I, I hit the couch and I go, are you seeing this? And then there's nobody there. And I'm like, why? Like, I just, I'm still so shocked and I want to share it. But then I'm like, my Twitter followers can't all be Sixers fans that really are like amazed by this. It's just really I feel, funny. I feel like it's like the O. When did the Phillies sign Tommy? O three, right? Um, so in O three, they competed with the Marlins for a wild card spot or a playoff spot. O um, four, you know, they the, the year of the new ballpark was a little bit disappointing. Everyone thought that was kind of the year. But those first two years with Tommy, when the Phillies went from really bad to, you know, not great but contending for playoff spots, a good a good baseball team, a team that was playing in into September, and it was the first time in a decade we're like, oh, we got meaningful September baseball. I know that's a little bit, it's a different situation with the Sixers have going on, but I feel the same way. Like at the time, you were just so appreciative to have good baseball to care about to actually be playing for something but that got old after about a season and a half maybe by 2005 in 2005 when when they were battling with the Astros and then uh, I think that was the year Billy Wagner collapsed down the stretch he gave up those home runs to I want to say Biggio could be wrong um that to me like it was like for for a year or two you you were stepping on the throttle and the RPMs you were starting to redline 
but now you needed to like now it was fun but now you needed to change that gear and the Phillies took an extra year or two to change the gear and it wasn't until 2007 in September when they you know sh- sh- upshifted and, and took off into the playoffs so I feel like we got about a probably a season certainly a full season of it with the Sixers next season depending on what they do in the offseason you're going to truly expect them to win and truly expect them probably to contend in the east I think like the the timeline could be accelerated to that because to me they've looked so good I keep going back to the fact that they were very close to winning the opener in Washington they held a fourth quarter lead against the Celtics in the home opener and they lost that Rockets game now I know you know you could revisionist history for anything but this was a young team in like really three of their first four actual games together, beating almost beating some really good teams and just scuffling down the stretch. They've mostly figured out those late fourth quarter situations, mostly. You know, I, I say that after the Sacramento game the other night. But like they could be whatever, what are they, seven and seven and six now, whatever they are. Right. Um, I mean, they could legitimately be nine and four, ten and three. Um that's really that's really impressive because I Kevin wrote a piece for the site. I know every time we talk about the Sixers, but I feel like he's been a step ahead of everything except on this. He went through their first 15 games and how difficult this stretch would have been. I thought he was being a little negative, but he had them going four and eleven in that stretch. Well, they've already won seven seven of the 13 games. Um, they're way out ahead of where I think anyone thought they would be at this point. To even be 500 after those first 15, which might be where they wind up, is super impressive because this has been a, they're playing the best teams in the league, many of these games on a low, on the road, long West Coast stretch, all this stuff. The schedule is going to get much more manageable um, as we enter December and January. And the end of the season, because of all these road games now, they end with like a stretch of like, six of nine at home, something like that against beatable competition. So if we think they're decent now and they're still gelling, I think we're going to hit that January time frame like we did last season, and they're just going to be firing on all cylinders. They could legitimately be a top four seed in the East. I truly believe that. Man. Like Ben Simmons is not a fluke. Covington's going to regress. But on the flip side, Embiid, if he's healthy, should continue to you know, improve and, and you know, cut down on the turnovers. So that will offset Covington. J.J. Redick, you know, could probably be a little bit more of a consistent shooter. Um, and he's shooting, again, over 40%, but, you know, he kind of fits and starts. So I, th- I feel like even if Covington comes down, they, they should be able to balance that out. Yeah. They're good. Like, we just have to face it. They're they're good. Know, they're not great, awesome. but they're they're a good NBA team. It's so fucking you're, fun to watch. Your point about the late-night games, I agree with you, but I always liked watching non-Sixers games, partly because they were never on national TV. To, I always like laying on the couch even before I was married and stuff and watching like the Suns back in the Nash days, like watching the West Coast game on TNT or whatever and just falling asleep to it. You know, it's background noise and you fall asleep. With the Sixers now, you want to stay up to watch the end and it's proving to be really difficult. Well, yeah, and the problem with the Sixers that I'm realizing is they come out so fast in the first half and you're like, got this one. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Third quarter comes around, and now it's the last few games where they they've established a lead, and then the other Second team just two. yeah just starts roaring back, and um, you know that it's I don't want to say they're gonna have to learn how to win, which is a popular like newspaper phrase I feel like, uh, but you know they just just being consistent because once they start having to sit they like sit and beat a lot and. Uh, they play a lot of like the second line. That's always when the other team comes back. Uh, so it's just it's interesting. But I, I will say this too: I am really loving TJ McConnell. He is he's a lot of fun to watch out there, and he's playing great. And the, the team's really good. And I thought Timothy Lawalu Cabarone played a, a good uh, second half last game. But uh, I, the Eagles also signed Will Beatty, uh, and I'm sure people are wondering what his role is going to be. I look at Will Beattie as strictly a guy to put in the rotation. They signed him and cut Taylor Hart, which was probably smart, just going down the stretch. I will say that uh, I know that the Giants were not very fond of Will Beattie upon him leaving, and I know that a number of the players uh, did not like his effort or attitude. 
so I, I hard to have effort on that Giants team. Yeah, well, th- not on this one. I don't think he was actually on this team this year. Uh, but you know, it, remember what happened with Jay Ajayi? He came in here, and then we all saw that clip. When you come to a team that's clicking, all of your bullshit, they're not going to accept it because they're winning and they don't need someone that's not really giving, like that doesn't care. But I look at Will Beattie and go, he's one of those typical, has the perfect body slash uh, makeup and athleticism to play the position. It just comes down to athleticism and foot speed. But he's not playing over Holly Poli Vati Vaitai, uh, and he's also probably not the number one backup either. So just a There's rotational some thought guy. they were trying to keep him away from the Cowboys too. Ah, uh, that's a great. I like that. Uh, I mean, I saw a few conspiratorial tweets about that yesterday, but not the worst tactic in the world. Yeah. The Ajayi thing, too. Like, this is a guy who the Cowboys certainly could have sought after, knowing the Zeke thing was coming It was down. nice to watch the Cowboys have a Winston Justice game. <laughs> That's what I thought of when... And the, the funny thing is, too, is so Winston Justice allowed six sacks to OCU Manura. And Chaz Green allowed six sacks to Adrian Claiborne. The difference is, is OC is going to go down as one of the better sack guys in NFL history, whereas Adrian Claiborne will never be mentioned in that. It was damn. Yo, it's just ridiculous. We do this podcast and I sit on my couch and it's dark out and then we finish and it's like bright out. And I'm not going to lie, Kyle. Every three days, I sit there and I secretly hope that neither of you guys wake up. <laughs> like, I enjoy doing the podcast, but then I'm also sitting there like, maybe, maybe I'm going to sleep in this Wednesday. When I, when we, I see it's a we, secret, but I just told my secret. Once we're up and we start it, yeah, I'm good. Exactly. Like once we up and we start it, and now I'm good, I'll be up and... Like the idea is always like, maybe I'll do it and then go back to sleep. That's for what an I hour. do. I do that every every day. Yeah, but like I I like to get I like to start like working on the website by eight because people get to work at nine and you know I want stuff to be up there at nine. But I'm always like, all right, well if we do the show quick, we're done at seven. I can edit it, put it up. I can go lay down for forty five minutes and still whatever. But now what's going to happen is we're going to finish at seven ten. So we'll edit it together. The dog's going to be nagging me because she has to go out. I usually don't take her out at five forty five. Um, so dog will have to go out and then I'll get a second bowl of cereal that I've already had. Ooh, what do you and then mean? it's like, all right, well now we'll start, start working on the site and then what you know, cereal the never comes. Um, Oh, you're in Cheerios. No, the, no, Cheerios, no. What did you eat already this morning? No, Cheerios. We, we've been on a, Honey our household's been on regular? a little bit of a cinnamon toast crunch kick this week. Uh, I love last two cinnamon weeks. toast crunch. It's very good. The thing is, I've never been a, a sugar cereal guy. I don't know about you. <clears throat> no, but I do like cinnamon toast crunch, but I also haven't yeah. like drank, like had cereal in maybe more than a year at this point. See, I don't sugar I don't even really milk can't do it. I don't really even enjoy it. Um, first of all, I always judge people who put let their kids put sugar in their cereal as a kid, now, whatever. I hate you. I think it's bad parenting. I, the people who grew up having sugar cereals or putting sugar in their cereal, I judge them differently. I, that, uh, that was me. I definitely grew yeah, up with I ju- that. Yeah, I'm judging you. I'm judging you. I'm judging your parents. Uh, whatever. What did you grow up with? Cheerios. I, Cheerios. Crispix. Honey we, Nut we, Cheerios? No. No. Ew. Ugh. Well, then I'm judging your parents. No, I mean, occasionally, I think every now and then I would uh, dabble in Fruit Loops, but that was rare. That was rare. Wow. Um, yeah, I was a Reese's anyway. Puff Cinnamon Toast Crunch guy. There was a, was it John Oliver or some comedian? I think, I think it was John Oliver. Someone had something about um, how they had those cookie ones. Oh, Cookie Crisp. Like, <laughs> someone was down a joke about it. It was literally just a bowl of cookies for breakfast. Yes. Um, uh, I, I only do cereal kids. now. I have to have coffee when I get up, and for a while there, it was, I had a, about like two years ago where like having the coffee on the empty, I was doing like a beer before bed, and then if I had a headache from the beer or whatever, I'd take an Advil, and then I would wake up and have coffee, and like all three, you know, alcohol, yeah, ibuprofen, and 
coffee are like the three worst things for your stomach. So I have the cereal. I like to form a nice cereal base before pouring down the hot black coffee on an empty stomach. So that's that's really the only reason why I have it. I sort of just like shove it down there. Lately, I've been enjoying a good uh, cheddar chive scone from uh, Grumpy Cafe on 20th. Uh, oh, it's good with a nice little, sometimes I'll go an almond milk chai latte. Oof, man. I went in there last week, and there's Jesse Palmer sitting there studying film on an iPad looking like a former bachelor. I've seen him like six or seven times in the last month or two. I guess he lives in my neighborhood. Um, and like, I don't know if he's been with the same woman every time or if he's been with different. I just am not really paying attention. Uh, but... He's just out here holding umbrellas for people, drinking coffee, and watching game film. Just in case anybody wanted a Jesse Palmer update. <laughs> That's the thing about being in New York, or being in a city in general. Yeah. Like The only thing about not, like you can walk from wherever you go and get like some sort of good food. Oh, um, dude, it's the funniest thing because my girlfriend gets upset. I wouldn't say gets upset, but I like to walk everywhere. And eventually, you know, other people don't. And uh, but I, I have this like bar right next to my apartment. And I went in there last night and my, my really good friend owns it. And we were just like talking. And he's like, yeah, you got to come here. You got to come there. And I was like, dude, you know, he was like, yeah, you don't really leave this area too much. I just you have everything you need in like a really small area. And. Yeah, you just, it's, it's, I just walk everywhere, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, no, that's the, that's, that's the, the plight of, of living in the suburbs. Like, whatever, I can't go get that scone today. As good as that sounds, as good as getting a good, healthy, like, breakfast sounds, like, what do we have downstairs? Do we have some eggs? Do we have some cereal? And, well, it goes back to when we were both doing the vegan thing. Like, it's a lot easier when you're surrounded by, like, so many different places. Yeah, you know yep. it's not just super fresh. Yeah, uh, yeah. My wife was making me chickpea salads for lunch for like two weeks. Holy like, shit, that's the life but, right there. Yeah, but you can't go out and get a, you know, a good like. To your point, you could walk somewhere and get a good quality meal that's like vegan or vegetarian, whatever it is you want to eat that day. Yes, you can get a really good version of that. And it's you know, tasty and different, and change it up every day. You know, you don't you don't have to think put as much forethought to it. You're absolutely right. That said, it probably costs you $48 to get a salad where you live. So Yeah, I would, you're de- definitely like the $12, $12 range. But I don't know. All right, we're off the rails. Well done. We are. Uh, wrap it? Yeah, so Friday we'll recap the Lakers game. Oh, sorry. One thing. I said wrap it, and it made me think of the Lil Wayne's remix to Lollipop at the end. What? Speaking of off the rails. He said, um, wrap it up, make her want to lick the rapper, right? To me, I want to get your thoughts on that song. Because to You've me, that is. We've talked about the, this before. Oh, did we? That is the pinnacle of hip hop, was Lil Wayne's oh my uh, God, verse on the remix to Lollipop. What are your thoughts as a, as a hip hop official? Yeah, yeah, that's the most ridiculous sentence I've ever heard. Really? The pinnacle of hip hop. Okay, a little hyperbole there, but do you not agree well, that? What was, about that it? Was what pure... about it speaks to you so much? It, 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 I'll pull up the lyrics while you're. You're, on, you're why, gonna tell me not. that in in the now the most popular form of music in the world, and it's been documented. And it probably has been that way for a long time. That you're gonna tell me, Lil Wayne going lollipop, lollipop. No. Make no. her lick a lollipop? No, no, no. Here <clears throat> is the number one <clears throat> pinnacle. I'm, I'm not I'm lo- I'm sorry, trying I'm not for, to... All right, here, here's the verse. No, I'm not looking for that part. Okay. Here's here's the verse. Um, oh, this, you're going to turn out like Peter Vesey on this one. No. <laughs> no, all right. Why would she... Um, Love your lady lumps. And now we go into verse three. Stop. You just. (laughs) Hold on. Verse three, little Wayne. Why would she? She probably be the odd cookie in the plastic bag about to get crushed by a building. I flushed out the feeling of me being the shit because I was leaving skid marks on everywhere I sit. I am everywhere. (sighs) I'm it like hide and go. I can go anywhere. 
eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'm in your this this next four lines just blow my mind. Stop, stop. He just said no, eeny, miny, miny, mo in a rap lyric, and you think it's the pinnacle? <laughs> hold on, hold I on. literally listened to the Rat Radar podcast yesterday, and they were interviewing Steve Stout, who produced like with Nas, and he's he did so many things with Jay Z, and he gave a whole thing about how really great verses are when you don't take a line off. And you just hit me with eeny, meeny, miny, mo. God, No, but hold on. Here it is. This this next sequence of, of lines, to me, is the pinnacle. And I'm not I'm not even joking. Like, I, I think this is brilliant. Here we go. And I'm in your neighborhood area CD thing tape deck. I pod your girlfriend, and she say I got great sex. Safe sex is great sex. Better wear a latex because you don't want that late text that I think I'm late text. So wrap it up. But she's so sweet, she want to lick the rapper. But the rapper works in two ways there. Because yeah, she want to lick the rapper That's with gross. a W, but the rapper with an R. It's brilliant. That is so brilliant. It is so brilliant. I used to be, I would, you're, I rap that song a lot in you're 2008. Every, like you're friends, every but. Lil Wayne fan ever where like, like I've, my issue with Lil Wayne has always been like 70% of his verse is like nonsense, but then he'll have like a double entendre and you're like, see, he's doing wordplay. And I'm like, oh I mean, shit. But the progression of what I just read, like just switching from, you know, the area CD thing, tape tech, iPod, I know. then to your girlfriend, then he switches to great sex, latex, safe sex, rapper, see so sweet, she want to lick the rapper. Like, Have that you is ever, brilliant. That, it's pure brilliant. I know you've never really listened to Jay-Z. Have you ever listened to the Blueprint album at all? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I listened to the big ones. Okay. By the way, bought Taylor Swift sight unseen uh, at like 1130. I know. We were, we were talking about this okay. and then it cut out. Wait, That's right. you said it sucked, though. I didn't say it sucked. You said it, it was the worst thing you ever heard. That is truly, truly not true. I'm going to tweet um, it out. To me, she's she's like following Franc- her own Francesa here. Like This album is Carlin following Francesa. This is, it was Nin- written after Illmatic. 1989 is the pinnacle of pop albums, in my view, of all time. To me, 1989 is the, is this the is incredible. single you just went, best. You just went Lil Wayne's verse on Lollipop is the best verse of all time, followed by Taylor Swift's 1989, surpasses anything created by Michael Jackson. If I, I, I would give you, let's set, set aside Michael Jackson, because I think he's, he's in a class of his own, okay? Um, but I, so I, if we set aside Michael Jackson, I think my phrase holds up, but I would even say- Are the Beatles pop music? Uh, I don't, I'm not, in my estimation, I'm not including the Beatles here. I mean, I guess the time they were pop, but that's not, I don't think they fit the modern definition of pop because they were, you know, real music, I guess. Um, To me, though, every single song in 1989, every single one was good. Like there was, I can't remember another album where it was like, I don't like this song, I want to change it. So she's following up an A++++ effort. Um, I listened to it again a little bit a little bit last night when I went to buy a bourbon. There's nothing like going to buy a bourbon and then getting in your car and listening to Taylor Swift at full tilt. Um, <laughs> makes you there's a real dichotomy in that. I know um, it's not as good. There are some really good songs. I haven't really chewed on it enough yet to have a full take. But you, you listen to 1989 once and you're like, "Yep, this is it. This is it." I don't have that feeling yet. But it's it, it's good, not great so far. Man. Be my review. I, I really need to, I hope I I hope people <laughs> listen to this entire podcast so that uh I can get some tweets about this. Cause this it's is like our own version of, of uh you know analytics here. We'll mention yeah. something crazy at the end and see how many people tweet us about and it. And then Russ wait, It's not crazy though, I believe this. Actually. Russ, I know you're listening. I uh I need you to start talking about this immediately on Friday. I need to explain to Russ how rundowns work. Because you can't do like seven minutes of flyers. Just you can't be like one person said we don't talk flyers. So you go seven minutes of flyers off the top. You go seven minutes of Taylor Swift off the top, and then you go into everything else. You got to really hook them with what they care about. My favorite Russ thing, and love you, Russ. My favorite <laughs> Russ thing is he'll find a stat or a factoid or just a news item, and he'll drop it in Slack. He'll be like. 
the Eagles signed, or and not even that, because you could talk about a signing. But, you know, like there would just be like a news nugget. Like so-and-so got a mundane contract extension. And, be like, and we should talk about that. And then we're like, okay, well, what's, like, what's the discussion here? Like it happened, right? You know, this is the score. Like here is the factoid. Now, what is our discussion? So I like, like, he'll put a thing in Slack. Like, I saw this great stat about Robert Covington. I want to mention it. But then I'll mention it, and we're like, okay. So what's the, um, what's the back and forth associated with this stat or this factoid? Yeah, but the true thing um, is, is Russ is the only one putting stuff into the Slack. <laughs> that he, is true. And he truly that is, is true. the glue that is keeping this shit together because the only reason that I'm waking up at this point is because I don't want Russ to just be keep texting or keep messaging anybody here. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. I got to be there for Russ. Like as soon as Russ puts anybody up and I'm like, yes, I'm up, Russ. It's not just you. It's us. (laughs) And on that, I think that's a good place to leave. Friday, we are going to recap the Lakers game tonight. We will preview the Dallas uh, game for Sunday, uh, which, man, I hope we just beat the shit out of them. That'd be awesome. But I'm still going to have to pick against the Eagles because that's my role as the mush. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back on Friday. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, let Kyle know your thoughts about his review of Lollipop and Taylor Swift. I'm ex- the remix to Lollipop. I'm excited to read it on Twitter. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.